the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You call upon the Lord, you love the Lord, you call upon Him, guess what? He's hearing your voice. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, Log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We need to put off the things that hold us back, the things that God has told us and that we know are wrong. And let us put on the new thing of desiring to walk in the likeness of God. This we can do. Why? Because the spirit of the living God, he dwells within us. See, it's not like God's like, hey, pull up your own bootstraps. What's wrong with you? Let me kick you in the rear. Oh, no. No, it's like, no, you can do this, but I have this sin area in my life and it keeps coming back. But the Bible tells us that no sin has overtaken you than that which is common to man. And with that sin, God will give you a way of escape. So there's other people that are tempted just in the same thing that you are. And he says, I'll give you a way of escape. But, you know, sometimes that way of escape is not going someplace. It's not turning the computer on at certain times. It's just uh, that way of escape is like, hey, you know, get out of there. Don't go there. I, I, I know what's there. I'm not going to go there. Because once you go there, you're sucked in. Okay, that's it. It's like, it's like a leech that just jumps on your face and just pulls you in. When God, he's like, don't go there. Because if you do, don't start watching that because you get sucked in. Just, you gotta, you just gotta turn away because the spirit of the living God lives inside of you. When we're in the will of God and we allow the Lord to move us and we move to where he wants us to be, God will always have our back. Boy. You talk about, you know, we all like to have friends that have our back, right? Hey, man, I can call you at any time, and I got you, man. I got your back. That's always good, but no one has your back better than God has your back, okay? Just stating a fact there, okay? Yes, and when God has our back, then what does Satan want to do? He wants to try to distract us because he knows that when we're walking close to the Lord, it's doomsday for him. So he wants to distract us and he will, set, he will attempt to set up roadblocks in front of us. But the Bible tells us, Jesus speaking says the gates of hell will never, ever overcome us. As we continue in our study through the book of Genesis, let's read what it says here, picking up in chapter 35, verse 9. It says, then God appeared to Jacob again. Wow, see what happens when you're walking with the Lord? He comes back. (laughs) He wants to talk some more. So God appeared to Jacob again when he came to Aram, and, and he blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob. But Israel, this is the second time he's telling us. He already told him that once. But Israel should be your name. 
Thus he called him Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. And the land which I have given to Abraham and to Isaac, I will give it to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. Wow. Preach it. Notice how God was not focusing any longer on Jacob's past, but rather on his glorious future. God says, hey, man, forgetting those things which are behind, you can't change your failures, right? You already blew it, but God can change what happens today. He can change what happens tomorrow. So he says, oh, yeah, it's like forgetting your past. God said, your name is no longer Jacob. Remember, his name Jacob means heel catcher, deceiver. God says, I'm going to look forward with you because I'm changing your name to Israel. God's fighter or one who strives with God going in the right direction. Then God reminds him of the promise that was first given to his grandfather, Abraham, in chapter 13. Then God was going to give a land for his descendants, the promised land. That would number like the dust of the earth, his descendants. Wow, really? I only got like 60, 70 people here, but you're talking that it's going to be like the dust of the earth? In Genesis 17, he promised Abraham that there would be a multitude of nations come out from them. Then God spoke to his father Isaac and made the same promise again in Genesis chapter 26. Then God would multiply his descendants like the stars of heaven, he told his dad, Isaac. And now God is speaking directly to Jacob. He told it to his grandfather. He told it to his father. And now he's speaking it to Jacob and reminding him that he's going to keep the promise that he's made. I wonder, do you believe that God keeps his promises? That's pretty direct. It's not like a trick question. Do you believe that God keeps his promises? It's just a question. Because God keeps his promises to who? To those who believe his promises. To those who are called according to his will. Those who are his children. If you're a child of God, you're born again. You've asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your savior. If you believe God's word, God's word is the inherent word of God. It's like you can't take some of it. You got to take all of it. We're not progressive Christians where they accept what is cool and don't accept what's not cool. No, you take it all lock, stock, and barrel. You take every ounce of it. And it's like when you take that and you believe it, now those promises become your promises. What does that mean? Well, today, if you're anxious and you're filled with fear. You know, you got anxiety and you're just like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. But Pastor, you don't know my situation. Let me tell you my situation. Six hours later, I'm still listening to your situation. No, no, listen. The point is this. No matter what your situation is, here's your verse. You ready to write it down? Isaiah 41.10. He says, do not fear. That's just a command from God. Hey, yo, God, I'm anxious. I'm fear. Okay, here's my first thing I'm going to say to you. Do not fear. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, do not fear. But let me tell you my story. I don't want to hear the story. God's like, do not fear. He says, do not fear, for I am with you. 
See, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in the schoolyard, when you're in like the fifth grade and you're going to fight the biggest kid in the school, you know, it's like you got fear behind you. You're like, okay, how's this going to go down? It's not going to work good in my favor. I can feel this already. Okay, This isn't going to be good. But then if you got your buddy behind you who's bigger than that kid, then it's like you're a little braver. Like, oh, yeah, you're talking trash a little bit better, you know, because, you know, or you got your big brother behind you. Okay, it's a little bit different. God is like saying, do not fear. Why? Because I'm with you. How about that? I'm with you. He says, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I'm not just anyone. I am your God. I'm I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see how many of those I wills are in there? Because he's your God. I will do this. I will do this. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For those of you that need some help right now, you just need help, man. I just I, I just need some help, Pastor. I, I just need a little love kick down. Okay. Psalm 91.14 for you. Psalm 91.14. Because he has loved me, talking about us, do you love the Lord? Do you love him? Maybe you don't love him. Okay, this isn't for you. You don't love God? Not for you. No soup for you. Okay? No blessing for you. You don't love the Lord? This is not for you. But if you're a son and his daughter and you love the Lord, oh, this is for you. Because you have loved me, therefore, I will deliver you. I will set you securely on high because you have known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. Boy, look at that promise. You call upon the Lord. You love the Lord. You call upon him. Guess what? He's hearing your voice. If you speak to him because you love him, God's telling you right straight up, I will answer you. I will be with you in your trouble. I will rescue you. I will honor you with long life and I will satisfy you and you will see my salvation. How about that? Wow. But again, it goes back to you believe God's promises. See, when you're reading the Bible and it's like, gee, that sounds like a promise there. It's your promise. That's the way it works. It's your promise. For those who don't know how they're going to make ends meet. Man, I just don't know. Man, I got more bills and paycheck. You don't understand. Like, pastor, like, man, I need money, okay? (laughs) It's like, my bills are big. Well, God says in Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply a couple of your needs. You guys are like, false prophet, stone him right now. That's right, because that's not what it says. Okay, so hold the stones for a second. I'm just teasing, okay? He says, He says, and my God shall supply all of your needs, not some, all of your needs according to the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So how do you break that down real quick? See, you always got to break it down. Wow. So consider the source. What is the source there? It's God. He's the source. Okay. Consider how much is the supply according to his riches and glory as the creator which is endless. You know, there could be a, you know, some farmer in, in Texas. You know, Texas has got a lot of land, right? Everything's bigger in Texas, right? And he, he's like, yeah, I got Angus cows out there. I got 10,000 head and they're all mine. Well, guess what? God says all the cattle on a thousand hills are his. 
right? Because he made them, okay? Like, you might be a steward of those cows, but who's making that cow's heart beat? Who's causing that cow to chew his cud right now, okay? It's like, that cow is belonging to my God. He says, all the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. You might have a gold ring. I have a gold ring here. This is my original wedding band that I have from my wife. You know, we went to Wright Jewelers and I bought this and her wedding ring with the engagement ring and the wedding ring all for 160 bucks. That's right. My wife on that original ring, she had a diamond the size of a micro dot. That's right. Anyway, but this gold, you could say, hey, man, this is my gold ring. I bought this. Well, actually, God created the gold. He made it. It's And he says, all the gold is mine. All the gold. Everything is his. So who is the one who's the source of meeting our needs? It's God. What is the supply chain? It's according to his riches and glory, which is endless. And consider why we, me and you, are able to receive all that because Christ Jesus is our Savior and our Redeemer. And if you think... You will never overcome your weakness, right? It's like, oh, pastor, you know, so I got kind of whittled things, and I got this one or two areas of my life. I just fall, fall over and over. I'm just so weak. I'm just such a pathetic Christian. It's like, I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's just, there's no hope for me. Don't ever say there's no hope. It says in 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You have to unleash that spirit of God in you. You think, oh, I just can't do it. No, you can. You're just not willing to all the way. But it's in there. I don't care how weak you are. It's in there. If you've got Christ in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Yes, whatever the need, whatever the call, Whatever the pain, whatever the hurt, whatever the strain, whatever the brokenness in your life, God is able in everything. So God tells Jacob, be fruitful and multiply. Grow as a people. Grow as a company of nations. Yes, the 12 tribes of Israel all came out of Jacob. That was all his sons. God ended there with, I made the promise to your grandfather, Abraham. Then I made the same promise, young buck, to Isaac, your dad. And now I'm making it to you, buddy boy. I'm making it to you and your descendants after you and your children will inhabit this promised land. No, not on the east side of the Jordan, not coming up short, going all the way to the promised land. Now let's read. What happens next? Picking up in verse 16, it says, Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when they were there and was still some distance to go to Epaphra, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. And when she was in severe labor, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. And it came about as her soul was departing, for she died that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Epaphra, which is Bethlehem, where David was born. Jacob set up a pillar over her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Wow, how 
devastating for this to happen. I'm sure it was devastating for Jacob. And as you know, he ended up with four wives because of the jealousy that's already with Leah deceiving him through her dad, Laban. And it was just a whole mess. And he ends up with four wives. He only all wanted one wife, and that was Rachel. And what a love story that was. He worked 14 years for her hand in marriage for free to her dog father, Laban. And Jacob said that time working for her was just like a moment because his love was that great for her. But her life wasn't easy. She couldn't bear children. And her sister who snaked her on her wedding nights, Leah, deceiving, you know, coming into that marriage, was popping out children like Octomom, as you know. We know that Rachel, after many years of struggle and strain, she finally got opened her womb and she had her first son, Joseph, whose life is going to occupy the rest of the book of Genesis that we're going to be studying for the next few weeks. The entire remainder is all about Joseph. And now she bears her second son, but she loses her life in the delivery. And with her dying breath, she names him Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. But Jacob comes in and renames him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Yes, there was a lot to mourn for Jacob in this chapter. If we go back to verse 8, which we kind of skipped over when we were first reading it, verse 8 talks about Deborah had passed away. Now, who the heck is Deborah? Well, Deborah, you know, was his mother, Rebecca's nurse. So here you have Jacob's mother, who evidently has passed away by time he's got back. So he's not able to see his mother. Now, she's gone already. But here, Deborah was her nursemaid. uh, And he had been with her. uh, She had been with her mother probably his whole life. You know, so if you remember when we first studied Rebecca's life, when uh, Abraham sent out his servant to go find a wife for Isaac, he went to a far land, and that was where Laban was. Laban was her, uh, his mother's brother, which ended up becoming his father-in-law. But anyway, when Rebecca decided to leave that far land and come back, she came with her maids with her. Deborah was probably one of those maids. So it's very possible that Deborah could have helped raise Jacob when he was born. So no doubt she was a loved individual in Jacob's life. And that's why she's mentioned here. And there's a connection there to his mother and that he hadn't seen for decades. So he loses her, which was that last connection with his mother. Then he loses his dear wife, Rachel, you know, and it's, a, it's the mother of Joseph and Benjamin who will prove to be Jacob's favorite children. You shouldn't have favorites, but well, Jacob did, and those two were his favorite. And then at the end of the chapter, here of chapter 35, he loses his father Isaac. His father Isaac dies. And Esau, his brother, joins him to bury their father. Now, we know that 
Isaac was so old when Jacob left that he was blind, he couldn't see him. That's how he was able to snake the family blessing from his brother Esau because his dad couldn't see. But he says, come here, let me feel you. And, and, and Rebecca put all kinds of hairy goat skin on him. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's you, Esau. The skin is Esau because he's a hairy guy. But anyway, so he hasn't been in good health, and I'm surprised he's lived these next two decades, but he did. So he dies at the end of the chapter. So... In all, chapter 35 of Genesis records four burials. You're thinking, wait a second, I thought there was just three, the Deborah, Gal, uh, you know, Rachel, and then Isaac. What's the fourth? Well, first, Jacob collected all those false gods, right? Those idols from his entire family, and he buried them. Okay, so that was the first burial, so that they could rise up and all start fresh in their journey walking with the Lord. Then it was Deborah, his mother's nurse, one of her maids. Then it was his dear wife, Rachel, then it ends with burying his father, Isaac. You know, sometimes, as you know, and maybe some of you don't know yet, but many of us know that this side of heaven will go through difficult seasons. It's like when people say, man, when it rains, it pours. Like, what else is going to happen now? When's the other shoe going to drop? Maybe there's someone here today who's going through one of those very tough seasons of life right now. And you're completely and totally overwhelmed with everything. Well, remember what the Bible says and try to grasp onto this encouragement. Because again, in those times, it's only God that can comfort and console a heart that's broken. But he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though the outer man is decaying, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And the, the wording that he uses there in that portion of Scripture, he says, you know, be encouraged in this time of light affliction. Like, what does that even mean? Because that word in the original Greek for light means like light as a feather, but, but the word affliction means heavy, burdensome, like the worst it could possibly be. But that's why in the context of that verse, he's talking about the temporal and he's talking about the eternal. On a temporary side, yes, our burdens are afflictions. They are heavy and they are hard to carry. But on an eternal scope, knowing that we're going to be alive 10 million years from now, when you think of it on the scope of forever It's a light affliction, the things that we have to face on this side of heaven. Because, yes, we have, you know, only so many years this side of heaven, and we have millions of years on the far side. So on the scope of everything eternally, it's a light affliction. On the scope of this side of heaven, it's a heavy burden. But he says, but be of good cheer. Don't lose heart. God will never leave you. It was Alan Redpath. He was an unbelievable preacher. But uh, he said this quote. Now, listen, you have to follow this. A throne is God's purpose for you. A throne 
is God's purpose for you. How do you get there? A cross is God's path for you. Well, so in order to get to the throne, you got to go by the way of the cross. And then you finish with God. It's faith in God is what's going to get you there. It's faith. He also said this quote, the best place any Christian can ever be in is to be totally destitute and totally dependent on God and know it. Wow. That's the best place you could ever be. It's like, I'm destitute. Like, God, I, I don't got it. I don't have it. Lord, and Lord, unless you intervene for me, I'm not going to make it. Boy, that's the best place to be in because God will never leave you or forsake you. Today is the day that we must rise up and move forward. Enough of sitting in the same place. We got to push past our hardships. We must embrace standing with God as his children and let us leave our sin behind and move forward as we walk with God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.